Okay. I'm sorry for, for the late start. This, so this year, we're going to sum up some of what we were talking about last week about teaching Torah to non-Jews. And then we're not going to be finished the topic, but we're going to be finished with the topic and move forward right uh, in the Gemara. It's a very large topic. It can go on and on, as many topics do. Okay. The basic starting point in our Gemara was that there was a conversation between the nations and God at the end of days about whether or not they merited uh, a final reward. And Hashazel, this what we know, there's a back and forth. What did they do? Did, did they study Torah? Didn't they study Torah? Did they build bridges? Why they built the bridges? And it gets to the point when they're basically, Hashem tells them, listen, I gave you the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Noach and you, and you were not Mekayim them. So Ahmad Vehetiram, Sigmar says. Sigmar says that they were that they were absolved, that, that the Sheva Mitzvos B'nai Noach were taken away from them. So the Gemara goes so the Gemara asks the question, Gadol. Gemara brings the statement of Rameir that a non Jew who studies Torah is like a Kohen Gadol, implying that he gets schar, he gets reward. And what so Taisus over here asks the question? He says, "What does it mean that they study Torah?" So Torah, so Taisus references the Gemara in Sanhedrin Nuntesamadalf. At the Gemara over there says brings brings the Gemara says that's also for a non-Jew to study Torah, and if he studies Torah, he's chayiv misa. The Gemara brings this question from Rabbi Meir that that I, a non-Jew who studies Torah, is like a Kohen Gadol, and the Gemara answers over there that it's talking about that they learn the Sheva Mitzvahs, but in Noach they learn those laws that pertain to them. Now, what exactly are considered the laws that pertain to them is a matter of discussion, which we're gonna which we're gonna get into if it's. Restricted to the Sheva Mitzvah Bnei Noach or Karbanos as well, because they also have a Mitzvah of Karbanos, or even Choshen Mishpat, because they are allowed to use the halachos of Choshen Mishpat of the Jews. Uh, the uh, Ramah brings such a position in Shivas Ramah. So we're going to get into what exactly is included in that. But before we get into the topic, I want to break down what we're going to cover tonight into three sections. The first is why is it Aser? So we're going to talk about some reasons why it's Aser, then what is Aser, okay, and then we'll try to get into some modern day applications. So the Gemara in Sanhedrin says the reason why it's Aser, the Gemara asks, I, I thought that, that there were only seven things that were Aser for them, so the Gemara stops it into two of the categories. The Gemara says either it's considered to be a form of theft, or it falls under under the uh, rubric of immoral relationships as them appropriating something which doesn't belong to them. And the Zohar really kind of runs with that approach. And the Zohar says that there's a special relationship between the Jews, God, and the Torah. And when they study the Torah, they interfere or violate that, that special relationship. The other approach of the Gemara is that it's a form of theft. Why? Because the Torah was given Morasha Kihilat Yaakov, it was given as a uh, as an inheritance to the Jewish people, so it belongs to the Jews. So Benny asked last week, well, what kind of theft is this? What are they actually taking? And we mentioned an approach based on the Chafetz Chaim that there's a concept of 
a certain amount of siyata the shmaya of Torah, of knowledge of Torah that's given in every generation, and that is something which they're taking by their study of Torah. But I'm sure there are many other and many more um, straightforward answers. I just don't know what they are. Is that mentioned anywhere other than this context, the Chavz Chaim thing? So the Chavz Chaim isn't actually talking about this. No, I so think he was. No, he was talking about in general. He was giving a talk during his time when there was all this. You know, there was this kind of mass exodus of Jews from yeshiva and from Judaism in general. And he was saying that now there's this moment of incredible opportunity for anybody who's kind of staying the course to be able to accomplish tremendous things in Torah because there has been such a brain drain from, from, that, from that sector. But this is my application saying maybe that's where the Gneva is. But I'm sure there are kind of more straightforward answers and approaches than that. Okay, so that is so that is is, is the Gemara. The Rambam in Hilchas Malachim Parakir Alachatas he brings this halacha. Ah, Binyam, challenge. He brings this halacha and he says, "Gaisha Isaac Patar Chayv Misa Lo Yasek Ela B'Sheva Mitzvah Shalahem Bilvad." They're only allowed to be Isaac B'Sheva Mitzvah Shalahem Bilvad. Uses a lashon of Isaac, which we're gonna we're gonna get back to why. Then the Rambam goes through the halachas of a non-Jew keeping Shabbos, that it's also for him, and he ends off with a very interesting statement. He says, We don't allow a non-Jew to invent things about Judaism. Right? To l'chadesh, to uh, create or invent like halachos or uh, uh, religious practices. Like a tikkun olam, mitzvos They can't make their own divine mitzvos. Meaning, even they even even if they're not claiming his Judaism, they're not allowed to say, okay, this is a mitzvah, unless it's stated in the Torah. Either he's a full convert and he accepts all the mitzvos, or he sticks to what they're given, doesn't add and doesn't and doesn't take away. We beat him, and we and we punish him, and we inform him that, that it's wrong. Show Misa that he's liable in death. But he's not killed. So it's, it seems to be a contradiction in the Rambam, right? The Rambam says, Misa. But in the end, the Rambam ends off, he's Chayiv Misa, but he's not Narak. So what does that mean? So uh, that, that's, a, that's a great point. So the Kesef Mishnah over here says that this is referring to Bidei Shemayim. But he says, what do you mean? We said that, that this is either a form of theft or Naramurasa. And the Gemara kind of uh, shoehorns it into the Sheva Mitzvahs Bidei Noach, which are Chayim Misa Bidei Adam. So if it's one of the Sheva Mitzvahs, you should get a real death penalty. Why is it Davka Bidei Shemayim? So he says it's Asmachta Ba'alma. That this is simply a rabbinical kind of attribution, but it's not actually midoraisa. It's not really theft. It's not really uh, misappropriation. Instead, it's only chayv misa b'dei So the Kesef Mishnah. There are those that want to interpret the Kesef Mishnah as saying that the Rambam is saying there's no iser doraisa on a non-Jew to study Torah. It's only in asmach. However, that's very difficult to understand because. They have no mitzvah to listen to the Chacham. 
right? The whole power of an Isra de Rabbanan exists only within the context of Losasr, right? We have a special mitzvah to listen to our, to our Chacham. Non-Jews, since it's not part of the Shev Mitzvah Noach, so the Jewish rabbis could invent things from day to tomorrow, they're not obligated in that. So it's hard to understand, so that can't be. So I think what the Kesef Mishnah is saying is that the Chiyuv Misa is something which is a, which is a, which is a, which is a, the fact that the Gemara and Sanhedrin chose to associate it with one of them, that was an asmachta, it was how the rabbis chose to understand the parameters of it. Now you'll say, okay, who cares? We'll get to an afkamina in, in a couple of months. There, so, but what comes out also from this Rambam is a reason why it's Asr. The Rambam parameterizes the Isser of a non-Jew studying Torah, because there's an iser lechadesh das la'atzmo. That since he does not have a mitzvah to study Torah, and he goes and he studies Torah in order to study Torah, so that is an iser of mechadesh das la'atzmo. He is creating something for himself. That's how the Rambam seems to say. So, what comes out of this is that if he's studying Torah simply to know halacha, or for research, or for any other reason, then there's no mechadesh das. He's not creating any other, there's no religious meaning to it. There's intellectual meaning, there's other things, but it, but, it would, it, but it would follow from the Rambam that there would not be a prohibition. However, there seems to be a contradiction between this Rambam in Yad and the Rambam in Tshuva. There's a Rambam in Tshuva, it's a Rambam Kufmim test, that the Rambam, it's a famous Rambam, it's quoted very widely, that the Rambam says that there's actually a mitzvah for us to teach Torah to Christians in order to bring them, because since they believe in the divine origin of the Torah and they believe in many of the basics, so there's a mitzvah for us to bring them back lemutav. And there's a prohibition to teach it to the Muslims. Why? Because the Muslims do not believe in Torah Messinai. They don't believe that the Torah is divinely given. And therefore, they will use this as ammunition and a way to help to subvert, you know, Jews who are not very educated from, from, from Judaism and will bring damage. So there are those that want to look at this Rambam and Tshuva and say, what the Rambam is saying is, is that the prohibition to teach Torah to a non-Jew is based on the fact that it can cause us harm. But if it's something which can accomplish good, it's mutter. This view is echoed by the Me'iri over there in Sanhedrin. The Me'iri says as well that the issue to teach Torah to non-Jews is purely because they may take it and use it to blend in with the Jewish community and bring damage. However, if a non-Jew has the best intentions and he wants to really understand uh, the Torah and Das right, and das Yisrael, then it's mutter and in fact it's laudatory and praiseworthy. So there are those that want to say that the Rambam in Tshuva and the Rambam in, and the Meiri are saying the same view. However, this is directly contradicted from the Rambam in Yad. So how do we answer this? Before we answer this contradiction, let's move one step forward to the Gemara in Chagiga. The Gemara in Chagiga introduces a new prohibition. So right now we were talking about the prohibition for a non-Jew to, to study Torah themselves. Now the Gemara in Chagiga says a new prohibition. The Amar, the Amar, Rav Ami, Ein Mosrim Devrei Torah Lo Vekichavim Shenemar Lo Asachein Lechalgai Umishpatim Bal Yedo. 
that there's a prohibition against teaching Torah to non-Jews. And it comes from a special Pasuk. So Taisvis over here immediately asks the question. Taisvis says, why do I need a special prohibition against teaching non-Jews if there is already a prohibition for a non-Jew to study Torah themselves? So anyways, you are forbidden from doing so because of Lufnaiver lo sitin miksham. So Tosfus answers, let's say we're talking about a case where there is another, where, where, where there is, I'm sorry, another non-Jew who was ready to teach them Torah. So therefore, it's not Trey Abdin Nahara. You have somebody, yeah, Avi? Later on, the Gemara is going to ask whether, uh, the three days before is because of Nehiba or because of Harvacha. And you can ask the same question there, that Harvacha is also, the, the Rashi there says Arvacha means uh, that he's going to uh, you're going to cause him to say shame, uh, you know, shame of Ozar or whatever and that's also with the ego so you can say that the difference is that that's also Chalav or the right. and so it's, not a, it's a different prohibition so you can say the same thing here also it's not with Negi there, but it's also in the case where it's... it's uh, right, so, that's, so, so that's, that's what Taisa says. Taisa says, the case is that you have another non-Jew here, and it's Chadav Nahar, right, like you said, and therefore there is no Isser, 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 uh, Negi Stop. So, it's interesting, interesting point that you're basically going to teach a non-Jew Torah knowing that he's, oh, he's over in Isser doing it, but I'm not over Lefneiver, so I guess Tais is talking about a case where there's some pressure or whatever it is, and you know, Halitayo the Russia by Yamas. But but that's Tais's answer. So the Maharshovi here says a different approach. The Maharshovi here says that what it's referring to is are the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Noach. Where there is a probe, where you are allowed to teach them, and Tosfos mentions this. Tosfos says, "The Shavu Mitzvah, of course you have to teach them. You have to teach them." The Marsha says, "You have to teach them Allah Chalamaisa. You can't teach them the Sodos and the Taimim and the Lambdas. You can't teach them the depth." And we're going to go back to this topic later when we talk about what are you or are you not allowed to teach non-Jews and study with non-Jews. But there's a very interesting Turi Evan over here. The, the, the Turi Evan wants to say that the whole Isser to teach non-Jews is only the Rabban. Why? Because earlier we said, what was the prohibition for a non-Jew studying Torah? We said that there are two approaches. There's one approach either because it's like taking away, it's, a, it's, like, it's like a misappropriation from Arusa or theft that they're taking away our Yerusha. However, the, the Turi Evan says, if a Jew is teaching them Torah, then there's no theft. The Sfasemis disagrees over here. He says, of course there's theft. If you have Yarshem, if there are two people who inherit something, one of the inheritors does not have a right to give away community property to somebody else. So there is a, it, it seems to me that there's a fascinating machlokis over here between the Turi Evan and the Sfasemis how exactly we understand Morasha. What's happening here? Because we know that, that there's a halacha that if you have two partners who have an item, then if, it's, if the question is giving away the item, then that has to have permission from both of them. But if the, if the, if the issue is allowing somebody else permission to use the item, then for that you only need permission of one shatif. So on the histamishis, on the use, 
you just need Rishos of one Shatef. But to actually take something from there, you need a Rishos of both Shatefim, of both partners. So the Sfasemis understands that when you teach Torah, now again, I don't want, you know, other than the Chavetz Chaim, I don't, I don't know exactly how he's understanding it, but he sees that by you teaching Torah, you're giving something away. There's something being taken. While the Turayevan understands that no, it's a hishtamshas with the Torah. It's a use of the Torah. So it's an item that belongs to the Jews. It's forbidden for non-Jews to use it, benefit from it. But there's nothing being taken away. So I'm sure that there's a very interesting, deep philosophical difference over here between how they understand whether it's the nature of the study of Torah, the nature of teaching Torah, but there seems to be a fundamental machlokas if we're talking about Hishtamshas over here, or we're talking about Nesina. <coughs> so, the Turiyevin comes out, Lamaskana. he says that in reality, the, this prohibition of teaching Torah is only Durabanan. It's not Dorah, it's, not, it, it, it's only Durabanan. And therefore, he says in cases where there's Eva, or other things, you are allowed to teach Torah to a, to a, to a non-Jew. The Sfasemis disagrees, and he understands something very different. He says, there's a Gemara in Avodazara on Dathmim Dalet, on Dathmim Dalet, on basically a Mishnah, where Rabbi Gamliel went to a bathhouse, and at the bathhouse, it's a fascinating Gemara, actually, let me just read, read the Mishnah inside, it's more interesting, I think, inside, when he's saying it over. It's the Gemara on Dathmim, it's a Mishnah on Dath, on Dathmim Dalet, on the base. Sha'al, Sha'al Perkulus Ben, um, uh, Ben, uh, Philosoph, S S S Rabbi Gamliel Ba'ako Shal Yeroichetz B'Merchat Shal Aphrodite. So Rabbi Gamliel was taking a bath in a bathhouse that had a statue of Aphrodite over there, a Greek god, Greek, Roman, Greek, Greek, thank you, goddess, goddess of love. So Amar Lei Kasev B'Teraschem Loi Yedabek B'Yarchem Uma Menacher B'Pnei Ma'ata Roichetz B'Merchat Shal Aphrodite. How are you able to benefit from a Merchat of Avodazara? Omar <coughs> Lai said to him, Aid me Shivan Bemarchats. I can't talk Tyra in Amarchats. Okay, wait for me to finish, I'll come out. Kishiyaitzer Aimerle, when he left, he said to him, I need Lai Basi, Big Vula, he bought Big Vuli. So the commentary is explained that he's saying is that this Merchats existed here long before they stuck in Aphrodite here. So this is a bathhouse, and then they went and made it into a base of Odazar. So since I was here first, this Merchats was here first. So therefore, it's not viewed as a, a as a base of Odazar. And this, by the way, this Gemara is this Mishnah actually is used uh, in many places where there's a discussion where Christians come to a, a space and they worship there. Are they able to oster the space on other people? And this is relevant. It's relevant uh, by me in, in a college campus setting where, where, where there's an interfaith center. It's, it, it, it's relevant in other places as well. So he says, basi bigvuli. And then he says I, another answer. Sorry, this is still the same answer. I apologize. They weren't building a bathhouse to glorify Aphrodite. They brought in their Aphrodite to, to as a decoration for the Merchats. Another answer. And then he said, 
Basically, the location where they put this Aphrodite was like bringing a Avodazar into a public bathroom and sticking it there. Uh, I don't see it as the greatest worship of Aphrodite that we're standing here, we're naked, we're using the bathroom here, we're, click, we're, we're, we're cleaning ourselves. Clearly, our behavior here is not seen as a worship of Aphrodite, so there's no problem. The Sfasemis points out from here and others that he was teaching halacha to this non-Jew. This non-Jew asked him a halacha, and he went into a whole halachic discussion. And it seems that there was no, there, he wasn't, you know, this person wasn't asking for his own use. He was asking for, you know, hey, I thought you were a uh, religious Jew, then how could you be here, right? The question we all get in lots of different settings. So the Sasemis derives from here a fascinating concept. He says that when a non-Jew has a mistaken perception about something that it says in the Torah, there is a mitzvah to correct it. You are allowed to correct a mistaken perception. That's not viewed as, you know, education ex nihilo, right? That, 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 that's not you viewed as teaching him Torah. He has some sense. It's incorrect. So you are allowed to correct it. So once we have this insight, we can go back to the contradiction in Rambam that we said earlier between the Rambam and Tshuva versus the Rambam and Yad, that again, the Rambam and Tshuva said one is permitted to teach Christians Torah. In fact, one is, there's a mitzvah to go teach Christians Torah because you can be machzer them limuta. As opposed to the Muslims are going to subvert it and all that, all, the, all that stuff. So what the Rambam is saying is, is that there are two people who have concepts about the Bible, about Torah, about the Masorah Satara, and they're incorrect. With the Christians, there's a possibility of being machzer them limutav to help uh, correct what they misunderstand. With the Muslims, it's not going to be helpful. It'll just cause further damage. So therefore, the Rambam is saying there, there, it's mutter or there's a mitzvah to go teach the Christians Torah to, to kind of fix their mistakes. But, the, but what the Rambam is not saying is that this is the prohibition against the non-Jew studying Torah. The, non, the prohibition against the non-Jew learning Torah where they don't have any idea, they never heard of it before. You came to a pagan island and they're asking you why are you baking round crackers and you want to go teach them about, about Pesach, that's a problem. And that's a problem because of, sorry, I apologize. Now you're teaching Torah, why they have an Isser to study Torah, that is because of, um, of, of, uh, of Mechadosh Dover, as Drama Yad says. However, the Isser, to, the, the Isser which the, the Rambam Machuva is talking about where you have a non-Jew who misunderstands something and he comes and tells you, oh, is it true that the Jews all put blood in their matzahs on Pesach, right? Or some other insight, you are have a mitzvah to, not for many reasons, but to be machzer them le mutav. Okay, so let's go to the, so now we have two isurim, there's two approaches. There's the Me'iri that says that, that the Isser is because of the damage it can cause, and we have the Rambam who says that the Isser is because of, of um, I'm sorry, because of Mechadish Dover. And then we have the Turiyavan, who had really the basics of the Sugya, that understands it either because of theft or because of Naramuras. Okay? So what is it usher to teach and what is it mutter to, to, to teach? So the Chassam Sofer in the Sofer in Truva and the Marshan Chagiga hold that it is mutter to teach non-Jews You are allowed to teach them only what they need to practice. Anything which is not that, any depth, any meaning, any understanding, that's usher. 
The Machnechayim brings B'Shem the Taz and Archayim, a fascinating concept. He says, this is tied with the question of what does it mean, La'asok B'Divrei Sarah? So he says the bracha of Lasuk with the the Tazan in 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 Hulchas Rechas Torah, the Taz writes, is that it's referring to really studying Torah in depth, being mafalpal, trying to understand, asking questions, really getting lost in all the nitty gritty parts of the sugya, and what it means when they learn halacha are just the bottom line. So you see from here a kind of painful <laughs> point. That if you're just going to be reading halacha just to get in the bottom lines, there, there seems to be a question if that's if you, if you make brachas Torah on that. Um, but but if you're in a high level, you you make some kind of kesher. To the, to the yeah, I mean, if, if you're able to get depth that way and you're able to dig oh, 100%. So yeah, saying I'm saying stop, your guy. You 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 want to get exactly. So my younger brother, he's a he's a rabbi in Chicago, and for a while, he's a he's a he's a kale guy by nature. He's an amazing rabbi, but he's a kale guy by nature. That that's his. It's it's very hard to get it out of him. So when people call him with a shaila, at least you know he used to. Now he's already experienced, but he would go into a long discussion of all the different shitas on each side of the shaila, whatever it is, and people would be like, I just want the bottom line. Just give me the bottom line, and it would hurt him. It would hurt him just to say the bottom line, you know. So when I call him now, he say, "Chaim, give me the bottom line." And he says, "No, no, 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 no. You don't get that." And he goes through the whole, <laughs> the whole, the whole slicky. But, but you know, if someone you're just giving somebody a list of bottom lines, then that is that 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 is what's mutter to a non-Jew. And the some sofer and the marshal say the reason why it's mutter is because it's not lasuk with every sorry. It's not really learning talk. The Meshav Davar, based on the Me'iri, the Meshav Davar says no. The Me'iri said that the whole problem is that they may use this knowledge and they may and they may misuse it. So the only thing which you're what sorry. So you are allowed to teach them anything you want about Torah Shabbosav, because that's already been translated. And in fact, I'm not sure why he doesn't bring this, but Moshe in fact translated it. Right? Moshe was told to write the Torah by Heitev. It's something which was meant to be accessible. To the to the non-Jews, so he says teaching Torah Shabbat Sav is mutter. The iser of last the, the iser of a non-Jew studying Torah is Torah Shabbal Peh. And in fact, I I I this is a, I, I don't have a good source for this, but I heard from the son of one of the people who was translating the the Arts for Gemaras and was involved with all the back and forth that one of the big concerns, you know, Rabshach was was against them translating uh, the whole Shas and. Rebekah Kamenetsky was for it, and one one of the big well, one of the big discussions was will will this make the Gemara accessible to non-Jews, and if that's and if that's a consideration or not, but because because the Isser they're saying is 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 on teaching Torah Shabalpe. Yes, they are. They very much use it now. Um, in no, fact, South, South, so in yeah, South so in South Korea. So it's interesting. I so I davened a few weeks ago. They had a they had a. They came to Shalvin uh, for like uh, I guess it's part of their. Who the South Koreans? Yeah. So my grandmother at some point, actually at every point, but was always very worried about how how I'm going to make a living when I was learning in yeshiva, and for a while she should mail me these clippings that they need Talmud teachers in South Korea. 
So if I needed a job, I can always go there. <laughs> Which, by the way, is really very schwer according to this, how you do it. But, but um, so, the, so there are there are other hetem, there are other shvitas that, that, that take the meiri to all the way and say that since they're learning it to be able to, you know, they aren't doing it to kind of hurt the Jews, it's mutter. So I actually dived in a few weeks ago in the Steinzalt Center when I was in, in, in Yerushalayim, Isaac's minion. He has a minion here So it's in, they made like a small, you know, office for Rabbi Steinzalt over there. And he actually has, I don't know if he finished it, but he has a bunch of editions of Steinzalt's translated into uh, Korean over there. It was interesting. Okay. So now let's get to a very practical question. Unfortunately, and this is very practical, it, it happened to me, it happened, happens to, I'm sure, anybody who lives in America, you are going to have a non-Jew at your Shabbos table. Um, and this person may very well think that they're Jewish, they went through a conversion, they have a Jewish father, whatever the case may be, right? Tragically, this is a very common occurrence in America. And you want to say, Edvar Torah at the table. And take it from personal experience, the one who will be the most engaged in the Dvar Torah at the table will be this fella. Okay? A pox on, uh, on all our houses, right? They, he's the one who's the most involved, or she's the one who's the most involved. So are you allowed to teach Torah in that setting? So Ramosha has a true yard there. Moshe says that he was talking about a case where somebody invited a uh, woman who had a uh, reformed Geras to the Pesach Seder. Ramosha said as long as your intention is to teach to both Jews and non-Jews at the same time, sorry, to teach the Jews and the non-Jews happen to be there, it's fine. So you're, I'm sure you are even allowed to answer questions, all this other stuff. And it, this came up to me practically where I was asked uh, at some point the Hillel wanted to do a program where they would have uh, like a, a, a rabbi, a priest, and an imam talk about non-controversial topics like the afterlife and you know reward and punishment and other stuff um, uh, in university setting right so they wanted us to go talk about them and really I would be giving a share on and Olam Haba to a audience that was mostly non-Jews Jews don't come to Hillel programs to a to a the audience that was, that was largely non-Jewish so Hillel, the way it works in American campuses is that the Jewish student organization is called Hillel. Israel, it's Anthony. No, heard of it? Oh, yeah? There's a Kat, Kati. Oh, yeah, okay. A group? A cult. Okay, okay. No, no, it's in America. Hillel is like, it's a good, it's being recorded. They do a lot of good things. They really create a... Uh, for, for Jews on campus, they're a very important institution. I worked with them. I worked kind of under their umbrella. Um, but they're non-religious. They are not religious. So they give, they will give... But some are. Some are religious, yeah. But they are also, they believe in pluralistic Jewish education. Not always does the pluralism include Orthodox Jewish. Sometimes it's uh, selective pluralism. So, uh, or uh, fine-tuned pluralism. Um, but whatever it is, I, I happen to have worked for a really good Hillel where uh, the people there really, really worked very hard to, to help uh, Orthodox students especially. But so there was this question, and I actually asked the Shiloh about this, and I was told based on the Sir Moshe that it would be mutter for me to give the shir. Um, it turned out that the Imam and the priest had no interest <laughs> in this. So it was a, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a moot point.
wonder if they have their own hold up. Yeah, yeah. No, so, so it's... My experience is that with, with Jews, there is an expectation of every, that every single Jew knows a lot about Judaism, right? There's this expectation, right? And even Jews who don't know a lot about Judaism think of themselves as knowing a lot about Judaism. Um, by other faiths, it's more specialized. Like, there is no expectation that the average Christian on the street or Muslim on the street knows a lot. And even, like, at the priest level, like, until they uh, there's a certain, like, level, like, where they're not really, they're not expected to know the esoterica and, like, the deep theology. Uh, they're more there to minister and counsel and guide and, and you know, it's more, it's less, there's less of, of an expectation for them to be a Tamar Chacham. So therefore, like, giving a talk about something like the afterlife, they're, they're not so interested. Like, talk about, like, the love of Jesus, but they're not going to talk about like something which is esoteric and really requires learning the sugya. You know, it's not that. It, it, uh, that was my impression from talking to him. Like he wasn't really interested in it. Maybe he knew it, but he wasn't interested. In it. Okay, another topic that comes up very often is interfaith dialogue, interfaith conversations. Right? They come to you and talk about their stuff, and they want to hear what you have to think about these issues and these dialogues. And and over here, it really boils down to how you understand. Right? What is the point of the? What are the points? Like, what's the point of this dialogue? If you're there to educate the Christians and to help them grow, then we have the Rambam with notes for him. It's a mitzvah. It's a beautiful thing. If your thing is to increase understanding for the Jewish people to help, you know, minimize anti-Semitism and to minimize, you know, hate and then also that that makes sense. If your goal is just a uh, discussion of comparative religion then really it depends if you go with the Me'iri that you know if you feel confident that they're not there to try to you know with some kind of devious sense which very often they are meaning many of the times I was engaged in interfaith conversation it wasn't well-meaning it was whether it was missionizing whether it was trying to get me to say that the Torah thinks that non-Jews are all evil like it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, uh, it wasn't uh, well-meaning. But I'm sure many examples do do exist like that. So in that case, it would it would be, uh, it would be according to Miri, it would it would be mutter. According to the other views, it would be us. Again, this topic is is very complicated because many people, when you talk about the Isser of non-Jews studying Torah or whatever it is, they see it, I know when I've spoken about this in other settings, it felt very exclusionary. That, oh, it's like a superior thing. And the reality is, is that uh, the context which I think you have to approach this in is that the giving of the Torah to the Jewish people was a monumentous event for our people. It was a gift. We were given eternal life. Anybody from the other nations is welcome to join. There is an uh, there is a approach to do so called Geras. But if you're not fully committed to this project, and you're not really not just studying the Torah, but living the Torah, right? Ki right? Then it's not for you. Your alarm. It's currently It's not for you. <laughs> um, amazing. So it's not for you. 
So therefore, the understanding of the whole of, 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 of them studying Torah is, to, is for us to also recognize that studying Torah it can't be something which is abstract and intellectual. It's part of the fabric of our existence as Jews, and it's a special gift which which only we got. Um, next week, yeah, Betty. If they do it with the intention of like they're considering Judaism. Oh, amazing! I'm sorry. Thank you for reminding me for not speaking. Sorry, Benny has a great point. He says, "What if they're studying for Gerus? Uh, not for Gerus, like they don't know if they want. They don't know. Meaning they're they're in early stages. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a Maharsha and a Shote Giborim that says that if they're doing it because they want to learn more about Judaism because they want to consider Gerus, then that is butter. That's that's fine, and you should teach them Torah. There's a Kivager in Tshuva, in Tshuva uh, Memalaf, the Reb Kivager, he, he wants to derive from a Tosfus that even if they're studying for serious Geras, they can't study Torah until after Geras, yeah. Meaning they can probably learn, they, you have to teach them the mitzvot, you know, because they have to make a real uh, Kabbalah and mitzvot, but studying Torah, they, they can't do wife was approached by his black minister for his church. He wanted to teach Torah, and she gave him Torah lessons. Okay. I don't know what to say. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a fascinating story. Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe no. Maybe that that's the bit of the Rambam that he was bringing them back to understand the the truth. Although I'm not sure how likely that is over there. But just to end off with the you know the famous joke. About you know, which I guess argues with this Rebbe Vager, where there were these two Chavrusas who were learning for many many years, right? Everyone know you know this one, Michael? Okay, better you know it. I can say you have two, have two people who haven't heard it. You're allowed to say. So they're, they're learning for many years, and then one of them says, I think he's, he's, he's according to some Gersas, he's on the, he's on his deathbed. He says to him, I have to I have to make a confession. I'm not actually Jewish. He says, what do you mean? Like you lived your whole life as a Jew, like. You learned Torah for many years, and you kept Shabbos. You did everything. How were you able to uh, keep Shabbos? Says, don't worry about it. Every single Shabbos, I had a key in my pocket whenever I walked outside. Guy said, but there's an Arab here. Like, yeah, I don't hold it. <laughs> uh, on that note, let's stop here, and then next week we'll be with with the rest of the Gemara.